podcast, the Catechism of the Catholic Church in a year. Today's day 65, and we begin with number 475. Similarly, at the Sixth Ecumenical Council, Constantinople III in 681, the Church confessed that Christ possesses two wills and two natural operations, divine and human. They are not opposed to each other, but cooperate in such a way that the Word made flesh willed humanly in obedience to his Father all that he had decided divinely with the Father and the Holy Spirit for our salvation. Christ's human will does not resist or oppose, but rather submits to his, defi- to his divine and al- almighty will. Since the Word became flesh in assuming a true humanity, Christ's body was finite. Therefore, the human face of Jesus can be portrayed. At the Seventh Ecumenical Council, Nicaea uh, second in 787, the Church recognized its representation in holy images to be legitimate. At the same time, the Church has always acknowledged that in the body of Jesus we see our God made visible, and so are caught up in love of the God we cannot see. The individual characteristics of Christ's body express the divine person of God's Son. He has made the features of his human body his own, to the point that they can be venerated when portrayed in a holy image. For the believer who venerates the icon is venerating in it the person of the one depicted. Jesus knew and loved us each and all during his life, his agony, and his passion, and gave himself up for each one of us. The Son of God loved me and gave himself for me. He has loved all of us with a human heart. For this reason, the sacred heart of Jesus, pierced by our sins and for our salvation, is quite rightly considered the chief sign and symbol of that. Love, with which the divine Redeemer continually loves the Eternal Father and all human beings without exception. Father. Thanks, Phil. You know, uh, just a couple, three, probably three quick points, if I can try and do it all, um, is is the first is, is to notice that the, over the last, I guess now two or th- maybe three days, uh, we've talked about this, these ecumenical councils and, and why, are th- why what's the importance of, of highlighting all seven of them? Well, one amongst uh, several other points is that uh, these ecumenical, meaning throughout the world, right, um, councils, are recognized legitimately both by Catholic and the Orthodox Church. So, so why do we spend so much time on it, or as the Church spends so much time on it, was in part to make sure that we are aware of, the f- of our lineage of faith, which unites us with our Orthodox brethren, um, who, you know, at this point, like, you know, this, for, exa- for example, that Seventh Ecumenical Council, Second Nicaea, really wasn't such a big deal in the West, but it was huge in the East. Um, but, you know, the more important thing to remember is that these things are, are a binding force for us, right? It's the bishops throughout the world have gathered in this council under the under the authority of the Pope to to proclaim a a truth that will uh, persist throughout time. It's it's a beautiful gift and and charism of the Holy Spirit that is worth worth rem- being reminded of. Um, so we ought to do that. You know, we ought to kind of keep that in mind that that there's there's a reason for uh, taking on. Um, Taking on that that exact thing, uh, that exact uh, recognition of faith. The second would be this um, this this idea of the image, right? That is so important uh, coming out of Second Nicaea, which is that um, it, 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 it we're supposed to venerate. We're supposed to have a, a devotion to images, 
Um, we should we should because they help us as man to to get close, draw closer to God. Uh, if you look at it'll be I don't know maybe ten days ago at this by the time you listen to this the podcast we did a little bit fuller one on the Sacred Heart you'll kind of hear a little bit about what these images can mean you know something so simple yet also has this very profound meaning right like that old adage a picture is worth a thousand a thousand words right there's a reason why we use images it's because gazing into the eyes of Christ is, is a bit more powerful than to, than to read that Christ has eyes. <laughs> to see a flaming heart that has been pierced open for our sake, like the sacred heart, um, that is that is something that is sh- should kind of stop us in our tracks a little bit, especially if it's beautifully done, beautiful having this objective sense in which we're, um, we're united to a, a more transcendental reality. Um, so, so I encourage you to listen to that longer podcast about the Sacred Heart specifically, but also kind of to give us an example of how we're to remember things just a little bit longer. And the last thing I want to kind of talk about is, is the last two lines of, or the last two words, I should say, of, of this section, which is without exception, right? That, that God loves humanity without exception. That sounds a little bit strange to us, right? Because I think, not, I mean, maybe, okay, some of us are like really comfortable with that and probably a little too comfortable with that where we think, well, God just loves us no matter where we're at and it's just going to be fine. And, you know, everyone's going to go to heaven, so what are we worried so much about, right? That's wrong. Um, but but at the same time, it's it's God loves us uh, without exception in the sense that he's going to be faithful to us. It doesn't mean we get to do what we want. That would just be obscene. There would be no order to that. There would be no justice to that. There would just be... Um, frivolity, right? So, so what is being offered though to us is that is is a reminder to us that God is faithful to humanity, and then that demands a response, right? That the even those who do not have faith, God is still faithful to them. He's still desirous of their good. The problem is if you're not ready for it, it's it's not it's not going to be a good thing, right? Uh, you know that was. Uh, is a uh, kind of one of these Twitter back and forth things going on, and it was it's probably slightly inappropriate, but I'm gonna tell it anyway. Is that like how do people love long showers but hate getting caught in the rain? And the person responds, "Consent, consent is the difference, right? One is I'm I'm ready for the shower and I want to be there. The other is I'm getting poured on." Right? I, I wasn't, I didn't, I don't have an umbrella. There's nothing there for me. You're ruining my hair, my books, my clothes, whatever it is, right? That's the difference. Our faith is our preparation, is our saying yes to God's love, which is the same whether we're ready for it or not. But in one, <laughs> in one sense, we're just getting poured on and it's going to ruin what we have going. The other sense is it is the most purifying and glorious thing we can have. Um, that's why. It's important to remember when we say God loves us without exception. He's saying God wants the best for us. And if we're not ready for it, he's not going to force his love on us. That's not him. But that we also will miss out. (laughs) We We won't get what we truly need. And that becomes the difficulties. We've chosen for ourselves to reject him. But but he's shown himself what his love can do for us. And he's shown himself. He's revealed to us his great love in the person of Jesus Christ, and so that we have the opportunity to say yes to him.